When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig. Inspiring kid confidence. Welcome to Bear in Mind, the official podcast of Cal Athletics. Now, here's your host, the voice of the Golden Bears, Justin Allegri. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Bear in Mind podcast, all things Cal Athletics. I'm your host, Justin Allegri. We've got a good show for you here this week. We'll, of course, recap the top stories from last week and get you ready for the game against the Washington State Cougars, the final home game of the season for the Cal Golden Bear football team. We'll talk with Travers family head football coach Justin Wilcox. We'll also talk with Sharman Smith, the women's basketball head coach. They're off to a 1-0 and start and playing a couple more times uh, in the next few days. So uh, a chat with her to talk about the start of the season with the women's basketball team. All right, first, though, we'll talk about last week and the game against the Oregon Ducks up in Eugene. A, a wet and soggy game, uh, a top offense, really good defense, number six team in the country, and they proved why. They, they, there were a lot of chances early on in that game uh, for the Bears to kind of throw a first punch, a couple of turnovers forced uh, against the Ducks, a Ducks team that only had two turnovers all year coming into that game. And the chances, though, were not cashed in on early. That first quarter felt like a lot of opportunities kind of wasted for the Bears. Uh, they did get that uh, fumble recovery or turn for a touchdown. That was a nice moment. But overall, Bo Nix, the offense, just too much to handle in the game up in Eugene. There, there were some concerning uh, moments in that game, most notably Javion Thomas, who, who took that hit to the head, was uh, have, uh, having to be helped off the field via a cart uh, on a stretcher. It really was a scary moment, but the nice thing is he did stay in the hospital overnight, came back on Sunday, and uh, is on the mend. And uh, Coach Wilcox will talk about that a little bit later on too, but it was a very scary moment uh, that uh, at least Javion now feeling a little bit better after the weekend. Uh, there were some other injuries too. There are a lot of guys banged up right now. Xavier Carlton went down multiple times in that game. Caleb Elarms Orr was unavailable in the game. So there's some, some already thinned out position groups in particular on the defense uh, that are not getting help right now. There were a couple of bright spots on defense. Patrick Morris with 15 total tackles also had the interception. 
remember he had the strip sack against USC the week before. So some good moments from him, but overall uh, a big loss for the California Golden Bears. And when you think about it, really, uh, this this season now has come down to a couple of plays here and there. If you can execute a couple times more against USC, that would have been a win. And then uh, missing the field goals against Auburn. So you look at this and say, well, if they were able to execute those two games, the only losses this year would be against top 16 teams in the country. But uh, the margin of error, uh, very, very thin for the Golden Bears this season. But that's uh, last week for California. On to this week in the final three games, they can try and win and still get bowl eligibility this season. All right, that was last week against Oregon. Time now to take a look at the top three stories from last week in Cal Athletics. We start this week with field hockey. Two late goals, including the game winner from Holly Pierce in overtime. And the field hockey team rallied against U Albany in a 3-2 win to clinch the 2023 America East Tournament title. The win was the first America East Tournament crown and sealed the NCAA tournament berth for the first time for the Bears since 2006. The Bears went into overtime for the fifth time on the year and the second consecutive game they had to uh, to win in overtime to get to that championship matchup. Cal's three tournament wins also came against three teams that took them down in conference play earlier this year. So congratulations on the NCAA tournament berth and the first America East tournament title for the women's field hockey team. Our number two story is with the women's basketball team. The Hoops team start off 1-0, and oh, a really dominating performance for them inside Haas Pavilion. 89-56 the final over Cal State Bakersfield on Monday night. The Bears, they had a good defensive effort in that game against the Roadrunners. Just 30% from the field shooting were the Roadrunners and also 32% from downtown. So a nice showing from the Bears defense and also a nice showing from the transfers in the game. In fact, in that first half, 29 of Cal's 40 first half points were scored by transfers in the program. They'll have several games coming up and uh, we'll hear from head coach Sharman Smith just here in a moment. Our final story is with the men's basketball team. Jalen Celestine scored a career-high 21 points in his first game back in a while. First game in 600 and seven days uh, for the men's basketball team. And it also kicked off that Mark Madsen era. It was a 71 to 66 win. Uh, some nail biting moments against St. Thomas, a team that uh, made some waves in the Summit League last year. Fardaz Amak also made his debut in a Cal uniform. He had a double double, his 78th career double double, and he had 16 points and 11 rebounds in the contest. First opening win since 2019, and the Bears are back at it on Friday night against the Pacific Tigers at 8 o'clock from Haas Pavilion. And that's a look at last week's top stories in Cal Athletics. All right, we continue this week's Bear in Mind podcast. We're talking to Sharman Smith. She's the head coach of the women's basketball team here at Cal. And Coach, uh, thanks for taking some time with us. How you doing? I'm doing great, thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. It's nice to, to get you here early in the season. I know already one game under your belt. Uh, maybe maybe go back and talk us through the uh, the opening win for you guys. Yeah, I mean, it was just really good to be out there and play against other people, um, you know, not beat up on ourselves. And uh, I think we did well. I, I can see the areas where we still need uh, some work, but 
well, we can score the basketball and our, our defense is better than it was last season. And those are the two areas of focus. So excited about that. Yeah. What was, was the focus for you in the recruiting space throughout the course of the off season? Um, you know, I think with the, with the transfer portal, it just get, really gives you an opportunity to, to really improve your team. And I think we um, wanted to get some offensive weapons, which we did, and we wanted to get some competitors, you know, people who won, um, people who want to win. And, and we did that as well. Yeah, I mean, getting in the, those transfers, like you mentioned, it was very apparent in that opening win. Uh, 29 of the 40 first half points were from the transfers. Maybe talk about the transfers. This is the first opportunity that Cal fans had a chance to see them in a competitive game. Yeah, um, excited about the group. Um, we have uh, Ioana Kermili from USF, prolific scorer. I think she led us in scoring with 18 points or something like that. She can shoot it from deep. Um really dynamic player and, and, and really competitive wants to win. Um, we have, you know, Michaela Williams from Gonzaga, a perennial top 25 program um, that's used to cutting down nets and is extremely versatile and active on the offensive end, does well on the boards, um, can shoot the three and uh, really helps us defensively in that she can pretty much guard one through four and sometimes five. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, Marta Suarez was also in the starting lineup, um, a versatile wing from Tennessee um, can shoot it, can handle it, can post up, uh, can also defend, you know, one through five. So, um, you know, it's, it's been fun having that group. And then Isla has just given us a such uh, much more presence with her low block feel uh, Isla Lang from Santa, uh, Santa Barbara. And she's a banger and she wants to post up and score and excited to have her dominating inside the paint. It seems like there's a lot of versatility that was brought in, and whether you talk about the defense or offensive side, uh, versatility is key. How do you kind of focus in on the rotations early in the season where you're still maybe learning a little bit about each of them? Uh, yeah, that's that's our job right now is to figure out who works well with whom and what lineups we like, uh, what lineups work against specific opponents. And so we've got some flexibility. We've told this team, you know, we have more than five starters and, um, you know, we're, we're going to figure it out. I think that's another thing with the transfer portal. Sometimes you're 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 not, you know, where you need to be in November necessarily because you've got some pieces that still need to gel. Right. Um, we're excited about where we are and, and where we can be moving forward. You mentioned after that game that the defense was much better. You mentioned it here earlier. Uh, defense is much better, but you still said not where it needs to be. So what would you like to see more out of the defense? Yeah, I, I think we can just be more aggressive. Um, you know, we, we're really emphasizing pressure on the ball and – we did it in spurts. We looked really, really good. And there's some spurts where we took some possessions off. And then our, our defensive rebounding has to improve. We gave up way too many O boards uh, against Bakersfield. And I'm sure Santa Clara will be looking at that and trying to exploit that. But I think it's something we can correct really quickly. And I think it'll be much better tonight. Is that a collective effort or is that something that you're talking to individuals about? I mean, everyone has to box out, you know, um, Everyone's got to box out and go grab the ball. So mm -hmm. uh, definitely a team thing, and we need to be more relentless on the glass. And we, we talked about the uh, the transfers. How about some of the returners? I know McIntosh and Martin were two of the starters that were coming back for Cal this season. Maybe talk about them in the offseason and maybe the strides they took last year. Yeah, I mean, Leilani, you know, she's been the staple of the program for the past four years. Just really um, excited that she decided to come back for her fifth year. 
And uh, she's a lot of what we do just in terms of making things go and being that point guard that's facilitating and, and knows what we need to be doing. Um, and then, you know, Martine, she's, she's steady Eddie Kimmery, you know, her, her uh, demeanor, her composure, um, her play. Uh, she's, she's just really steady. And uh, I, I think she likes this group that she's playing with a lot. And um, I, I know that she's going to, you know, be dynamic for us on, on the offensive end. And, and she's committed to improving on the defense as well. I, I think, you know, someone you didn't mention, you know, Mia Mastroff is back yeah. and she's much improved this year and, and really looking to contribute on both ends of the floor as well. What was improved about her game? Uh, you know, her, her aggressiveness. I mean, she's getting after it. She's getting to the basket. <laughs> um, you know, she could always shoot it, but she's just been much more aggressive getting to the rim. And you can see this confidence in her, mm. kind of like year three, like, okay, I know what's going on. And, um, you know, I, I want to have an impact. And um, I think her commitment to the, to the team and to the program is, is even heightened. And um, she wants to help us win games. Yeah, I always feel like this part of the year, early in season, you still have a lot of different players kind of grinding and competing and trying to fight for their uh, time on the court or maybe a starting role. Is that what you're seeing from from the group right now? Yeah, I think, you know, they're getting after it. They're competing, you know. Um, we have Lulu, a freshman from Australia, who's been playing some great minutes for us and, you know, and w- wants to be in there. And Alma, who's recovering from her ACL, played some significant minutes and is super active on the board. She is one that's crashing and, and getting in there. Um, so it is, a, it is a much deeper group that we have this year. Yeah, and that'll help. I mean, it seemed like just so many close games last year, really tough schedule last year. So having more depth and maybe a little more tenacity might help this season, huh? Yeah, uh, I like the depth. Um you know, another player we didn't mention who's a key piece to everything we do, uh, Michelle Onia. You know, she's just so productive in a short amount of time. So if I can get her to stop fouling and get that those minutes up, uh, it'll, it'll be really good for us. <laughs> I love it. Early season tweaks are always the fun ones, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, all right. That's Charmin Smith. She's the head coach of the women's basketball team. Coach, we appreciate taking some time on game day. Best of luck uh, in the next couple of weeks. Thank you. Go Bears. All right, good stuff from Sharman Smith, the women's basketball head coach there in action uh, a couple more times coming up here at home. And uh, we're going to switch gears now, get into football this week. If you'd like to come out to California Memorial Stadium against Washington State, it's a 1 o'clock kickoff uh, on Saturday, uh, calbears.com, or call 800-GO-BEARS to secure your seat Today, our broadcast begins at noon on 810 a.m. The Spread, the Varsity Network app, and tune in. We'd love to have you for the final home game of the year. It is Senior Day, and Cal is set to honor 21 seniors in their final day in a California Golden Bear uniform. So that'll be fun. Uh, several names you probably know. Anzalatis, Brian Driscoll, uh, Brian Hightower, Jeremiah Hunter, Brett Johnson among the seniors. Uh, also, uh, Matthew Sindrick and uh, several others. Craig Woodson, the list goes on and on with the 21, but they will be honored uh, in a ceremony uh, for the California Golden Bears on Senior Day. The opponent, Washington State, is an interesting one. This is a Washington State team. They got off to a red-hot start. Their first four games, they were 4-0. and They were in the top 25 at the beginning of the year. And then things started to head downhill on them. Last week, a loss to Stanford, which extended their losing streak to five games. It's their longest losing streak since 2012 when they lost eight in a row. And uh, they're scuffling right now, only scoring seven points at home to a Stanford team that has struggled this year 
as well. But what they do bring to the table, it's the second-best passing offense in the country for Washington State. Cam Ward leads them. He's their starting quarterback, fifth in the FBS in passing yards per game at just over 300, third in the Pac-12. He's been excellent, also scored a bunch on the ground this year. So there are a lot of weapons in the passing game for him. But the, uh, the problem has been for this Washington State team, at least here recently, is there's no distribution of the offense. The game against Stanford, 245 yards of total offense, and there was a lot of rain up there, a lot of weather up there in that game, but just four yards rushing in that one. Uh, really, really glaring. And in fact, the last five games, they're just averaging 39 yards per game on the ground, and they're 0-4, uh, 0-5 in those five games. They were 4-0 to start the year, and they were averaging 129 per game on the ground in those first four. So a very, very big difference there of 90 yards per game rushing, uh, leading to the losses uh, for Washington State. Now, they do bring some good edge rushers in their 4-2-5 nickel formation, some good defensive players on the edge to put pressure on the quarterback but it's going to be imperative that the Bears try and get a little bit of pressure on Cam Ward in this game to uh, try and uh, derail that passing offense as best they can and uh, make them try and beat them on the ground which has not been working for Washington State so it should be a good one from California Memorial Stadium this week again one o'clock kickoff uh, from California Memorial Stadium we'll have the pregame show at noon uh, starting on 8 10 a.m. the spread. We continue our podcast this week. We're now joined by Travers Family Head Football Coach Justin Wilcox. And Coach, you knew it was going to be a challenge up at Oregon uh, last week, obviously with the, the team that they have, uh, what they've been able to do this year, uh, the elements as well. I guess just kind of your first thoughts when you, you, you look back at that game. Yeah. Uh, obviously, they're, uh, they've assembled uh, a very, very talented roster. Um, we really in any phase didn't do a good enough job, you know, coaching, uh, executing on the field in order to make it competitive uh, in the second half of the game. You know, uh, there were some moments where we did some good things, but not near enough. And um, there were some tough matchups out there and we just, we got to do a better job uh, continuing to uh, recruit and develop the talent here. And so uh, we got to take our medicine and then, move on to this week. We got an opportunity against a really good team in Washington State who was in the top 20 earlier in the country. Uh, got a really good quarterback and we got to come out and play great football because we got a lot to play for, but we got to have a strong showing this weekend. Yeah, and I thought something you brought up on the post-game show in that game about just kind of self-evaluation, self-scout. You were talking about it in the, in the press conference this week too, whether that be a coach or a player or a position group. Uh, and at this late in the season, you know, how much do you try and tweak and, and how do you make those evaluations? Yeah, you're always doing it because you're, you're trying to find ways as a coach to give your players a better opportunity to have success. So if that means adjusting who's playing or do we adjust the schematics? Are we rushing more than, you know, four? Do we need to rush five and six? And if we do that, how do we want to play man? Are we are we strong enough in that area? What can we do to to or if we're going to rush for, you know, there's just all these sure, kind of give and sure. takes. And, and so you're always looking at what can we do schematically? Do we need to make any personnel changes? Uh, if they're not, if they're not using the technique uh, well enough, then how do we get them to, to play with better technique? So that's in every, it's on defense. It's on offense. We got to protect the football better. We got to cover punts better. We can't, you know, we, we have to put together drives. We got to get the first, first down on offense um, so we can, 
keep the ball and not give it back to the other team. Uh, so I, I think it's just it's all those things. You're constantly evaluating what you're doing as a coach, uh, how the unit is playing, what can we do better so that they can have a better chance to uh, have success on game day. And I feel like that comes down to a point you've been bringing up the last couple of weeks, winning the one-on-ones, right? And, and all of those things that you bring up there kind of factor in to trying to when – you're, when you're going up against top 25 teams that have a lot – of really good experienced players and skill position players trying to win the one-on-ones, whether they'd be multiple or just in critical moments of the game, all of those elements that you just bring up factor into that. Yeah, they do. And that's, that's what the game ultimately boils down to. We know it's a team game within the 11 guys on the field. There's some one-on-one matchups. Sometimes we can get two on one, but there's going to be these matchups that you got to find ways to win those. Um, and so uh, our job is to, you know, like where's the stress on this call on defense or on offense and who's got to make the good play here and and uh, who can we help on this next down? I think there's just kind of always looking at that and what are we good at? Where can we hang our hat? Where do we need to do to improve either schematically, personnel-wise or technique-wise? And you're just – it's an – Again, it's ongoing, and so uh, that's our job, and, and we've got to do better as a program there. Yeah, we, uh, against, yeah, last week we just didn't have enough. Yeah, against a team like Oregon or, or a ranked team for in general, especially on the road, it just feels like you have to play so fundamentally sound for four quarters, and if you can start to compile that, that's when you can build some momentum. And at least at the start of that game, we, we talked so much about their offense not giving up the turnovers, Bears get a couple of turnovers. There were chances to throw an early punch in that game, but just couldn't execute to do it. Yeah. I mean, I came out of the gate. We got a pick on the first play on a tip ball, that great play by McMorris. And then we weren't, you know, quite able to get the ball in the end zone and turned it back over to him. Um, and they went down and they had a penalty and were backed up. And we were just in a simple single, yeah. single high man coverage. And they beat, beat us at nickel and, you know, the nickel and the safety couldn't catch catch the guy. I mean, he's really fast, and he kind of ran away from us. Uh, you know, later in the game, we had some more opportunities defensively to, to stop him on some critical third downs, didn't quite get there. Offensively, we had, especially in the second quarter, we had a couple three and outs that hurt us. Uh, you know, we had a, a punt coverage where they brought it all the way back to the 20-yard line, so you're defending mm-hmm. short field a few times again in that game. It just makes it very, very difficult against a team with that much talent. Well, and, and you really need a lot of the depth available to, to combat that too. And, and just the reality of the situation right now, there, there are several position groups that are very thin. And I want you to get into that. But first and foremost, uh, with Javion, obviously very scary situation um, for him. It, it sounds like at least initial reports are starting to be pretty positive here, but maybe just give us an update there. Yeah, uh, scary situation. Uh, we're we're glad to report he's doing well. He uh, uh, stayed up in Eugene overnight, went through a number of tests. Uh, the results of the tests were positive for for him. Uh, was able to come home on Sunday, and now we're communicating with him daily, our doctors and trainers and everybody, and he's on the mend, so we're, we're not sure exactly when he'll be back, but uh, just uh, looking forward to welcoming welcome him him back as, as soon as possible yeah that's the most important thing uh i was talking to jack injuries a little bit earlier today about the opportunity that the team has moving forward uh you, now now you, you're playing in this position where you have your final home game and then you have two more games after that obviously you have to take one at a time but 
the opportunity to try and push for uh, the final three games and still make yourselves bowl eligible. Is that something that's a conversation with the team right now, or is it just game by game? No, we absolutely did talk about it. I mean, that is one of our goals, and um, that's a, a big goal of ours. But in order to do that, as we also mentioned, is you got to go one and zero this week. And in order to go one and zero, you got to have a great week of practice. Washington State's a good football team. They got good players and are coached well. So we're going to have to play a great game. And uh, you know, guys have individual goals of what they want to accomplish, but the team goal is to finish. The season out uh, and go to a bowl game and win a bowl game and so in order to do that we got to go one to know this week and so practice and meetings and workouts and take care of your body and getting healthy so we can get back on the field all those things are critically important yeah this Washington State team coming in they're on a five-game losing streak but they're not all that far removed from being a top 25 team this year uh, a, a real tough loss to Stanford at home for them last week you know, bringing a really good pass offense. They can do a lot of things there. Maybe just your your, your initial look at this Washington State group. Yeah, uh, just a rare talent at quarterback with his ability to throw the ball. They're very good at receiver. They, you know, one of the best passing teams in the, in the country. Uh, defensively aggressive, will not give you easy pitch and catch throws. Uh, defensive ends are very good players. They've been there forever, 10 and 80. Um, they're, they're a good football team. I mean, they... They, like you mentioned, they've been in the top 20, or I think it was the top 20 yeah. uh, recently. And uh, so we got a ton of respect for them. We'll have to play well. And uh, in order to do that, it's it's all about practice and yeah. meetings and all the little things that we got to get done during the week. Yeah, there seems to be a correlation, too. A lot of the, the talk will be about that passing offense that Washington State brings in. But there is a correlation. Their first four games, they were they were running the ball, at least when they needed to. Uh, and they were 4-0 and the last five games. They're just getting 39 yards per game on the ground. I know a lot of that is with the way that they just operate their offense, but they're not running the ball as effectively. Have, have you seen anything from defenses over the last few weeks that have changed against them, the way they approached it? Well, they've played some very good teams. Um, you know, I'm sure they have. Yeah, I, they're they're more than capable. They can run the football. they got guys up front, and the back's a good player uh, for sure. So uh, we're anticipating their best game. And uh, that's how we're preparing. And we have a ton of respect for them. As I mentioned before, we know that they can run it. And we know that they are one of the best pass offenses in the country. So we'll have to go play well. Talk about their defense. Uh, it's that nickel defense. Uh, a lot of good position players on the edge that will put some pressure on Fernando. Yeah, the two edge players are really good. Uh, Mike and I were talking earlier. It seems like they've been there forever. Um, but they're uh, aggressive, play a bunch of single high. They will, you know, Third downs, they'll get into their kind of walk-up stuff. And, uh, you know, they, they, uh, those two guy, edge guys, their D-line does a really good job. And, uh, again, aggressive in their coverage and got a good nickel and a good safety and a good corners. Those guys can move their feet. So uh, our offense will have to stay on schedule. we got to get that first first down of the drive and create some momentum so we can uh, make some plays on them. All right, very good stuff from the Travers Family Head Football Coach Justin Wilcox. Thanks as always, Coach. Thank you, Justin. All right, that was Travers Family Head Football Coach Justin Wilcox. That does it for this episode of the Bear in Mind podcast. Hope you enjoyed it this week. On behalf of uh, Sharman Smith, the women's basketball head coach, thanks to her, thanks to Coach Wilcox for joining us. Once again, football at home for the final time this year against Washington State. One o'clock kickoff with the pregame show beginning at noon on 810 a.m. the spread, and that's when I will talk to you next. Thanks so much for tuning in. This is Justin Allegri saying so long for now. 
This has been Bear in Mind, the official podcast of Cal Athletics. The preceding has been a Learfield presentation of the California Golden Bears Sports Network. Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate, you can save up to 25%. Mm -mm. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.